Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Friday, April 6th. And as promised, I am thrilled to have my friend Elizabeth Johnston, the activist mommy, on the podcast with me today. Many of you guys know I share her stuff all the time over at The Busy Mom. She shares my heart to really encourage parents to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. So if you're wondering what that could look like in the life of your family, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So today, uh, I am, I'm not even going to spend a bunch of time uh, doing introductions because uh, Elizabeth Johnston is with me and she doesn't really need much of an introduction. Elizabeth has a website and a blog. Really, I found her through her Facebook page uh, called The Activist Mommy. She is an activist blogger and she educates and inspires the public on the burning social and moral issues of the day that are important to families and patriots. So she and her husband, Patrick, who also happens to be a doctor and an author and a movie producer, these guys are busy. Can I just say, moment of silence for two of the busiest people I've ever met in my whole life. Uh, These guys have been in the pro-life ministry for many, many years, and they've got 10 beautiful kids of their own. So I just want to welcome you, Elizabeth, to the podcast. Hi, Heidi. It is such an honor to speak with you. Well, it's an honor to have you here. You and I have met before out on the circuit at a homeschool conference at, uh, years ago because your husband's also an author and you guys had a, a, a table, right, at the conference. That's right. My husband would speak at homeschool conferences. That was uh, several years ago and a very different time in my life before, yeah. before all of this craziness happened. Before you were burning Vogue magazine and, and viral videos? Stuff like that, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I have been kind of watching, uh, I think, you know, I have been uh, for a long time, and it sounds like you have been too, sort of this growing threat uh, from the ideological left, the hard left in our country, uh, really this threat against our children, this threat against religious liberty, and um, we're watching the indoctrination of our children. Uh, I'm kind of curious because you're a homeschool mom, and I know that there are a lot of parents who listen to this podcast who are who are homeschoolers. But there are also parents who are not homeschoolers. And uh, I don't know if your kind of move into homeschooling was anything like mine, but I I never planned on homeschooling. I think the Lord really uh, called us to pull our daughter out when she was in second grade in a public school, not because of her teacher. She had a great teacher, but because of what we heard that she was learning on the playground and learning on the school bus. And after a while, we were like, you know what? This isn't cool. And we pulled her out and we've homeschooled our seven children ever since then. What was your, how did you get into homeschooling? Did you always plan on it? How did that start? Yeah, I was public schooled. Um, my husband did some private schooling growing up and then um, transitioned into public school as well. 
Um, so we're, you know, we're first generation doing this homeschool thing um, ourselves. And um, actually, we knew before we got married that we wanted to homeschool our children and have a large family. Uh, we were blessed to be in a, a great solid church before we were married. And we had the example of godly families around us who were homeschooling and who had large families. And to us, it was just a no-brainer. I mean, we just looked at society. I was an education major. I had taught in the schools. I saw what was going on in the schools. And to us, it, it was a no-brainer that we needed to um, protect our children from the assault of immorality. And I was just like you. It was not so much for me that I was concerned about teachers and what they were going to be teaching my kids because I felt fairly confident that I could inoculate my kids to that uh, with the time that I spent with them just by teaching them how to think. But my concern was, uh, you know, bad company corrupts good character as the Bible right. says. And the children, the peers, the pressure, the, as you say, the conversations on the playground and around the locker, um, the things that kids are being exposed to, I just found it hard to believe that um, my children could stay innocent and pure in mm -hmm. that kind of environment. And so that was our, that was our heartbeat. Well, and I think it's interesting to note that in, in the years since you've been homeschooling, because how old is your oldest child? My oldest is 19 and we'd have homeschooled all the way through. Okay. So my oldest is almost 27 and we've homeschooled most of the way through, but I, th I think right around the same amount of time, I might've been at it for a little bit longer than you, but really the heart behind most of the people that I know that are, that are homeschooling is the same. And that's, they kind of got woke up. They've been woken up to this radical agenda that's being pushed all throughout the schools. And one of the things that I always tell audiences when I'm speaking is that the, the Bible clearly teaches, one of the verses that I read uh, just in my own quiet time with the Lord was Luke 6, 40 years ago. And it says that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. Mm. And I, at first I was like, dude, that's me. <laughs> you know, kind of made my knees knock a little bit. I was like, this could, this could be bad. I gotta, <laughs> I better, you know, I better be walking with the Lord. And then I got to thinking about our kids in the system Wherever they are, it doesn't matter if it's a public school or a private school or they're at home, our kids are going to be like whoever is teaching them. And I don't, I was watching a, my, my, uh, my older kids sucked me into, I think about three hours worth of Louder with Crowder last night. <laughs> <laughs> love Steven. Oh, for the love. I'm watching this guy and he's on college camp. I could not stop watching. And it wasn't because, I mean, he was great, but it was, it was the indoctrination. I mean, the yeah. indoctrination of this generation of college students is kind of complete. Oh, would you agree? It's insane. I mean, you cannot send your kids off to a liberal university and fund what is taking place. The absolute perversion and silencing of any dissenting ideas. I mean, when I was in college, you know, 22 years ago, um, I was such a thorn in the flesh of my professors just from speaking, you know, an opinion that did not comport with their, their liberal values. Uh, it was yeah. very challenging for me to, to, um, succeed as a student. And I was, I'm a type A, straight A student, you know, um, and very, you know, I was a very studious person and got all straight A's. And I will have you know, as I was graduating, um, getting close to graduation, my senior year in education, 
um, my teacher gave me a bad grade on an assignment. And I said to her, um, what's up with this? Like I did the assignment well, just like all of my peers, what's going on here? And she started crying in front of me and said, Elizabeth, you have no idea how I am being pressured by administration to weed you out of this program. Wow. I was like, once I got my chin up off the floor, you know, little old me, a student at the university who was just outspoken uh, against their leftist ideas, I, I, I picked my chin up off the floor and I said, well, I mean, you can't do that to me. Like I'll sue them. Right. What, what, you know, how can I help right. you? This is not right. And she, she was so personally moved that I would even be concerned about, about her and, and what she was going through. And I got through it. I got my A's. Um, and you know, she backed off, uh, but literally they were trying to flunk me. And I was a straight A student. I graduated magna cum laude with, with honors. Um, somehow I walked across the stage in a cap and gown without getting tomatoes thrown at me. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I guess, I mean, it's a cautionary tale because it's been, this has been coming for a long time. And and part of what uh, I like to do here at the podcast is I keep people apprised of what's happening in the news and just because so many, I mean, we're, we're overwhelmed, right? You can understand there's moms who are raising their children. They're just like, la, 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 I stick my fingers in my ears. And I just want to raise my kids. And um, I don't think that we have, we can't really do that anymore uh, because of the, because of the nature of the spiritual battle that we're, and it really is a spiritual battle. This is an epic, op- this is open warfare, as far as I'm concerned, against God and against what God says is good and what he says is right. And like I'm always telling my children, God's blessings are never found outside of his boundaries. And so we're looking at a nation that's gone way outside the boundaries of what God says is good. And as a result, we're living in chaos. Yeah, Heidi, I mean, I I love what you're saying. Um, And it it captures my heart um, so accurately because we do have an issue in the homeschool community where um, we are not engaged in what's taking place oftentimes in our culture because we think we have our kids safe and so we're safe. But because of our silence, because we have not been active in the culture war, because we have not been aggressively dealing with issues like abortion and radical feminism and um, Islam being, being taught as a peaceful religion in our public schools and all of these things, you know, the the uh, the LGBT activist, because we have not been vocal on these issues, Heidi, we now in Ohio have a 17 year old girl uh, where custody has been stripped from the parents um, because this girl that the parents did not want to allow this girl who claims to be transgender to undergo non FDA uh, approved medications to have a sex change. The parents were getting her counseling. You know, they were they were helping her. They just did not want her to have a sex change, which obviously a parent should have the right to say, no, you're not allowed right. to do that as long as yeah. you are living in this home. And she was 17. She was still a minor. She only had a matter of months, you know, uh, to wait. And this judge uh, strips custody from these parents. Now you tell me, how that is not a threat to all of us as homeschoolers. What if our child threatens to commit suicide because they don't want to homeschool? 
What if our child threatens yep. to commit suicide because they do not want to attend church because they say they are an atheist now? When a judge can yep. strip a child from us, kidnap a child and give the child over to the state because we they don't like the fact that we're parenting in, in, in a Christian manner. And simply because the child bullies the courts and the medical institutions into saying, I'm going to commit suicide. We are all at risk. None of our children are safe. And when I went to speak at a press conference on this issue, there were 40 stinking people there. There should have been tens of thousands of homeschoolers there from all across the country being bussed in from all around the country. Like, excuse my They're busting in the left, that's for sure. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Do not eat. Okay, so since you br- since you brought him up, uh, I can't help it. You know, I I I didn't go on the epic rant that you did uh, via video, but after the first women's march, I got on my Facebook page and it was seen by hundreds of thousands of people. I just said, "Listen, the women's march does not represent me. That was not a women's march. That was a pro-abortion, yes. um, anti-men." ultra, ultra feminist, far left march that had nothing to do with regular women. And they called it the women's march. And I was like, don't you dare speak for me. Don't speak for me. Uh, This is not my women's march. This was your march. What's your opinion, Elizabeth, about what's going on with women today? Well, the women's march actually made me famous. Um, Heidi, that was my first viral, really viral video. Uh, You've got to send me yours. I haven't seen yours. Um, Oh, I'll send yeah. it to you. Girl. And so um, I had done a few videos before that, uh, but that was the one that went crazy viral. And it, you know, it's got about 13, 14 million, million views at this point. But um, yeah, I said the same thing, Heidi. It's amazing. We're just like um, totally on the same page. But I said the exact same thing. This is a pro-abortion, pro-lesbian, how can I justify my sinful behavior march, basically? And an I hate man yeah. march on top of that. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. It's really true. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And it's to have women, I think I think it's, you know, for women to be able to say, anytime a woman says, oh, you know, I don't I don't agree with abortion or I believe, uh, I, I do believe in male authority in the home because that's what God says. He says the husband's the head of the home. That, does, that doesn't give him carte blanche uh, permission to abuse his wife, obviously, which is what uh, the other side would argue. But it was interesting to me that as soon as I came out and said, this march does not represent me, and frankly, I was embarrassed by it. I'm like, is anyone embarrassed? Are we embarrassed that we're wearing these horrible hats and we're sticking maxi pads up on the walls of the state capitol? Is anyone else embarrassed? Um, and I think the vast majority of women who listen to that, they are they embarrassed, are. but they've been, they're afraid. Oh. They're afraid because they've been pushed into silence. Yeah, a, a huge portion of my following um, is following me for fighting radical feminism and for exposing what a danger it is to society, to our children, to our marriages. Um, and, you know, I, I cry foul on the feminist movement. They are not about the rights of women at all. Uh, the, the glaring hypocrisy is un, unavoidable to notice. Um, if they were really fighting for women's rights, they would be fighting for the you know, rights of Muslim women who are. I was going to say they'd be over in the Middle East. That's where the that's where the fight's being waged. I mean, these women are being killed. They're being, 
Yeah, the honor killings, the acid in the faces. All the, where's the fem, where are the feminists? They're silent. In fact, one of their leaders, uh, Linda Sarsour, is you know advocates for Sharia law, and, and they're also that. silent on the rights of girls in the womb, um, unborn children in the womb, and those are the most vulnerable of all females in our society. Um, one out of three children die in their mother's womb. And it has become the most dangerous place for a child to live in our country. And yet they are not advocating for those girls, those females at all. Uh, and they are, in fact, marching for the right to execute those those babies. And so, um, yeah, I cry foul. I say it's a movement that was in an ideology that simply was created to justify their sinful behavior uh, by very sinful women like Margaret Sanger. Yep, that's exactly. Well, if people will just do their homework a little bit and understand where uh, Planned Parenthood came from in the first place and the absolute racial motivation behind it, for one yeah. thing, uh, I, I, it's amazing to me that we've bought into the lie as long as we have. When you look at women who are uh, talking, particularly where it comes to uh, abortion and women's rights and all of those things, what is your, when you talk to, to, let me just say, this is my major frustration with the church today. And I was speaking at a, a church in Oregon a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I kind of went, I, I kind of went a little bit crazy because I was like, listen, where are the Christians? Where are you? This is our watch. This is our time. And people keep talking about the millennials and, and how frustrated they are at this generation of college students. Well, I'm here to say like, you do not just lose a generation of college students. You lose a generation of parents. Yeah. And then you lose a generation of children. What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, um, for 50 years now, Christians have been attending church and waiting for Jesus to come back and fix everything. Right. And because of that, now my children and grandchildren are, are, you know, living under the groan of just absolute evil and tyranny everywhere we look. And so, you know, I say, uh, yeah, get out of your pew and engage in the culture war. That's my whole thing. That's my whole shtick. One person can change so much. I burned a Teen Vogue magazine last summer and filmed myself in a quick two, three minute video and called them out for teaching uh, children how to sodomize one another in a fashion magazine. Yep. And lo and behold, uh, Condé Nast announced m- several months ago that Teen Vogue magazine will no longer be in print. Um, out of all of their magazines, Vogue, they have all of these big print magazines. Teen Vogue was the only one that was not going to continue to be in paper print. And it's because uh, we gave them such a black eye through Operation Pull Teen Vogue. Everybody knows that the magazine is absolute pornography and trash. And no one is going to buy it for their family, their kids. No one's going to buy a subscription to it. And stores are no longer carrying it because 13 million people viewed that video because one person you know, had the guts to do something a little, a little sensational and something that maybe seemed a little bit extreme or dramatic. And, and look at what happened. If, if every mom was engaging in the thing that God puts on her heart, every homeschool mom in, in America, we would be living in a different country today. Yep. And it's not just homeschool moms. It's every mom who's listening to this. I know that there are a lot of people who are listening moms and dads who listen to this podcast that haven't pulled their kids out of school. They still have their kids either in public school or private school. But we want, we're encouraging parents get off the bench. What's the best way when you when you when a when a parent says, I'm so frustrated and I think this is that this is a huge issue. 
I hear this all the time. I'm so frustrated. I don't know what to do. I'm just one person. What do you say to that family? How can parents get off the bench? Oh man, God's put something on your heart, whether it's to stand outside of an abortion clinic and pray, you know, whether it's to go to city council and deal with the bathroom policy that is allowing men to be in the girls' bathrooms, whatever it is, Unreal. God put something yep. on your heart. You take your little five stones like David did and you go in faith with knees knocking, trusting God, and you will be amazed by how God will allow you to slay Goliath. And I have got, I know we're almost done. I have to tell you about one thing. I am so excited about something we're doing and it's going to be in three weeks and it's called Sex Ed Sit Out. And yes, I'm a homeschool mom, but I feel so sorry for these parents that are stuck in the public schools right now that aren't going to take their kids out and that are completely inundated with graphic, pornographic, gender-bending sex ed. So go to Sex Ed Sit Out on Facebook and on our website, sexedsitout.com, and check out what we're doing. We are calling for a mass pulling of your children out on the 23rd of April, three weeks from now, to wake administrators up to what a terrible situation this is. That's awesome. I've never, that's the first time I've heard of it. So they can find that at sexedsitout.com. What are you asking them to do? Like if they, you know, because I, I, I know that the, the overriding, um, spirit that is over this generation of believers is fear. Uh, and the Bible says in Timothy that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So we know that the fear that we feel, that knees knocking that you were gonna, that you were talking about, people say, this is, I got a great question for you, Elizabeth. People say to me all the time, you're just so brave. I can't believe you said that. And I'm like, uh, brave ain't got nothing to do with it. My knees are knocking. My hands are sweating. My voice yeah. is shaking. Has, it's not about not being afraid. It's about being afraid and doing the right thing anyway. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Fear for my children and the country that they're going to grow up in, it really is a strong motivator for me. Um, and the fear mm -hmm. of God, you know, and those. Well, and that's a healthy yes, fear. It is. Our, our, <laughs> our fear of God and our love for truth has to outweigh our fear of man, or maybe we actually don't know him and walk with him. And so God can mm -hmm. use each of us in powerful ways uh, in your sphere of influence, if we will just engage. And, and, you know, the reason I have half a million followers in only a year and a half time is because people have seen me modeling a little bit of courage, a little bit of bravery, nothing, nothing outstanding, to be honest with you, just a little bit. And they admire it. They are inspired by it. And they have been motivated to do the same thing in their communities and with their families and friends. And, and so if you would just step out in faith and do the thing that God's calling you to do that you're scared to do right now, you won't believe how you will encourage others and motivate them to, to begin to do that as well. It, it's, it's just such an exciting thing um, to watch. And, you know, as Billy Graham said, um, that when a, when a brave man takes a stand, it stiffens the spines of others. And so I am honored every day to try to do things that stiffen the spines of other Christians watching. And every single one of us can be used by God in that way if we will step out in faith. I love that. Elizabeth Johnson, the activist mommy, she's going to come back on Monday for Mailbox Monday, and she's going to answer a question from a listener that I know you guys are all going to want to hear. So join us back here on Monday. In the meantime, you guys can find Elizabeth at the activist mommy, certainly on Facebook. 
And I want to encourage you to go to the website she just mentioned, sexedsitout.com. If you've got questions about Elizabeth or you want to know more about her, I will be linking uh, to all things Elizabeth Johnson over at the show notes today. You can find direct links to her over there. And also you can find information on where she will be speaking next and where I will be. Speaking of me speaking, I am in Atlanta this weekend. Come on out and hear me. I'm keynoting with my friend Sam Sorbo in Atlanta. We're going to be talking about what's happening in the culture and how you can get engaged in it. We want to encourage you get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.